Hello and welcome to the I Was Gonna Podcast. This week's guests are three ex-colleagues of mine that I have the pleasure of catching up again after 40 years. These are Charlie McCaffrey, Ronnie Smith and Willie Robertson. It's been a pleasure to catch up with them again. Charlie, we are ex-Babcock's apprentices. 40 years ago, almost to the day we started in Babcock's. I want to find out a wee bit more if I can about that time. So really what I want to ask is, the first thing is, when you transcended from school, did you get any career advice? And was that career advice appropriate for where you ended up as an apprentice, multidisciplined apprentice in the Babcock's? Um, well, I, I remember I went to school in Renfrew and obviously Babcocks were a huge employer and, and I remember when the when the whistle went at the end of the day, the, the, the town turned blue with all these boiler suits coming out. So growing up, you couldn't avoid Babcocks uh, and the park that I used to play football and it looked onto the Babcocks field. So I was very aware of Babcocks. But in terms of the school, we had the days out to the universities and you had the day up to Strathclyde, day up to, to Glasgow. And then they had a little bit of career advices on, you know, armed forces or apprenticeships or, or, or all that stuff. Um, and I was kind of, you know, I, I was bright enough to go to university, but I began to kind of uh, get a love for things like cars and uh, beer and girls and stuff like that. And I had one of a, a guy who uh, was a year ahead of us at, at uh, Babcocks. He'd already joined Babcocks. And um, and so that was quite appealing to me because you would get an income. Where, and, and I looked at university and I thought it's a continuation of school. Didn't really excite me at that time. Um, so so I, I knew about Babcocks, I knew about the apprentices. I knew about um, technician apprentices, but apprenticeships as well. So I actually joined, joined Babcocks to become a draftsman. Sure, that was what right. I, I wanted to be. I was really good at technical drawing in school. I loved the tech department. Uh, a kind of analytical type approach and I thought that's what I want to do I want to be a draftsman and when we joined as you remember um, it was kind of it was they were creating this multidisciplinary uh, team yeah. so that sounded quite interesting but it wasn't as if I'd applied for that it was I wanted to be a draftsman that's what I was going to do so so yeah was, and we met then yeah, so. yeah absolutely and it was really um, groundbreaking to hear the training manager wanting us to be multidisciplined, breaking down those demarcation barriers. And it was really quite a challenge uh, in those days to break down that uh, the, the, the disciplines between an electrician and a mechanical engineer and, and merge the two. So it was, it was a real uh, one-off almost in Scotland, a, a real beginning of something new. Did you get the sense that, that it was something quite different at that point, Charlie? I did, Stuart, and, and when I when I reflect back on it, it wasn't without its wrinkles. Uh, do you remember some of the some of the trade unions weren't that uh, <laughs> weren't that embracing of this new concept, as you recall? Uh, I, in think fact, I, I think you've been overly polite. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember uh, that we we had a little trade union for the. So I ended up in the maintenance section, as you'll probably remember, and uh, with the kind of electronic engineers. Uh, so. 
when in there's a draftsman came out as an electronic engineer, okay? <laughs> but that was a multidiscipline aspect of it, yeah. and we did the mechanical and the multidisciplinary and the electronics. So, yeah. yeah, it wasn't without its wrinkles, Stuart, but it was yeah. that ability to see electrical, to see electronic, to do the mechanical part, uh, to get those skills, pneumatics, hydraulics, um, it, well, it was unique, and, and it gave you a really broad skill set. Your first day... You've just started in Babcock's, and I think it was the 17th of August. Charlie, what was your first impressions walking through the gates of Babcock's and then through the doors of the training workshop? I can still remember it vividly, sure. I remember going in, you went in the door, and there was the offices upstairs where we sometimes went to, you know, for, for meetings. And you went through and you went down past all the lathes and all the milling machines, and, and you go down to the bottom. And at the bottom, we all had our individual little vices and our little bench. And uh, my kids, if you spoke to them, <laughs> my kids, they'd say, you know, you'd never stop saying this i remember the first two weeks we basically filed a piece of metal do you remember that piece of metal charlie it's bizarre that you're saying that paul mcburnley i phoned paul and he said do you remember it was like a scene from a japanese prison camp that we spent two (laughs) weeks filing a bloody bit of metal flat and square how long does it take to file a bit of metal for two weeks and there of course and we've got to mention it was Colin Laidlaw in a suit whilst filing a bit our our images of the first two weeks are are much the same but uh, uh, did you get a real sense of a, a difference between school did you find it daunting Charlie been in a working environment rather than being at school those first couple of weeks it it was kind of it was like moving into a different class because all all of us were kind of the same age and made similar backgrounds and it was like just moving into a different class within a school although the environment was obviously very different you know it was dangerous it was noisy it was dirty it was um so but in terms of the people it was like just forming a, a new class and it was like I'd, I'd never met you before I hadn't I knew Paul McBurney from Renfrew I didn't know Ronnie I didn't didn't know I knew Willie Robertson because Willie obviously had been at school with me so yeah. So there was, it was like forming a new class and all this. And I always remember we'd, it was such a good group and we'd have such a laugh, you know, because it was when you went up with your piece of metal and you thought it was flat and they would hold that <laughs> set square up against it and if you could see any light, you were dead and you get sent back. And you could see it was like the, it was like the walk of shame coming back. So... Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great environment. And then we, as we progressed, we then went into the part behind. We were doing all the the forge and the welding and stuff like that. And then began to get really quite quite interesting. Um, but the 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 part I'm saying about my kids saying it, I, I often use that as an example. Saying that was my first two weeks filing a bit of metal, fat and square. And the lesson I draw from that is, see, sometimes in roles, sometimes you have to do stuff that you don't like it's not the top of your your, your popularity charts it's, you dread it you you go in there but you know what you just sometimes have to dig in there and you just have to do it and you have to get through it to get out the other side because you can't quit in those environments but you know what, what would you do you know you would go back to school go 
what was the option? And because the environment was good and we had a good laugh and we were all in exactly the same boat, you thought, no, this we can we can get here. We had college coming on the, the block release and all this. So we had other things to look forward to. But you have to get down and dirty sometimes and you have to do the mundane. Any job, you have to do that. No, you you make a great point. Just before we sort of move on a wee bit, Charlie, would, would, was there anything specific? I mean, I, I, I do recall the very first, and this is making us feel very old here talking about it, but I remember when they brought in a thing called a computer for the very first day. <laughs> and I, I think it was IBM's computers that we were sat at. But uh, was there anything at that time when you first started, within the first month or so, that you thought, you talked about wanting to be a draftsman, but was there anything from the the, the training period that you thought that's really where I, I, I really enjoy doing that that uh, discipline? Yeah, I, I, my, my dad's voice is in my head and, and he's, he's, he was saying at the time, you know, he said, oh, electronics and all that computing stuff, that's the future. So I had a little bit of that in, in my ear. And the other thing was the draftsman part, as I get closer to it and then could see people who worked in the drawing office and they were quite stuffy, dry areas and just lines of drawn boards. And I thought, really, um, is, is that really what I wanted to do? And, and you know, the, the, the type of character I am and, and, and the, 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 you know, I, I like, I've got good analytical skills now. It used to be technical, now it's more business and commercial and people. Um, th that wasn't going to fulfil my aspirations. So, so I could see the the electronic part taking more an important role in broader society going forward. Uh, I remember going on the BBC computers up at um, up at Glasgow Tech as well, and um, so I could see. You know, this is this is definitely the the way to go. So I decided to leave part the draftsman part. And, and move down the, the electric and electronic route. So, so yeah, so that, that was really what was, what was behind it, Stuart. So you were 17. Where did you expect to be? Did you ever dream of anything at that stage? You'd mentioned, obviously, we've touched on the, 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 the draftsman and you've obviously then said perhaps the electronics, but where did you anticipate your life going back when you were 17 or 18? And did you really think 40 years from now that's what I want to be? Or, or was it something that collectively built up to, 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 to develop your career? I would love to say I had a five-year plan and this is what I was going to do. Um, but if I did, I would be a, an absolute liar. So I really didn't have a clue, Stuart. What, what I wanted to do was get my apprenticeship and get the Scotech 5, as it was, or as equivalent of an HNC or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, OK, that would give me a formal qualification and then begin to kind of decide from there what I was going to do. Um, but I, I really didn't have a, a plan in, in my head at, at that time. And and ironically, you know, you some, even now, uh, Fiona, my, my wife, who sometimes joke, when I come back from holiday and then I come back in and I've got issues to deal with, people, commercials, contractuals, dissatisfied customer, happy customer, whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. After the first day back from holiday, I often say to her, 
do I like this? How did I end up doing this? How, how did I end up doing this role? Uh, you know, and so there's, um, so that I, I didn't have a grand plan, but what, what I did do, sure, was, and a bit of advice I would give is, everybody that you meet and every big role that you go through, have a look around, look at the people that are doing the roles, look at the people to the side of you, look at the people above you, look at the people who are maybe going in the other direction and take a little bit from them. You know, all the way through my career. So I went into uh, field engineering, as you know, uh, fixing equipment in hospitals primarily. And then I moved into sales and sales management, product management and uh, and so on. Um, I've always tried to take a little bit from each of those managers that I had. And I like the way he says that. I like the way she deals with that. That was clever. That was, yeah, she reflected. She stepped back, let let the problem resolve itself rather than intervening immediately. Just take a little bit. And by the time I got to been, been moving on to the next role, I was already almost doing it. I was almost ready for it because I'd, I'd learned it. I didn't set myself five years I want to do that job or five years I want to be that but ironically five years is the kind of cycle I've had it's almost been like I did five years in Babcocks and then did five years as an engineer in Kodak I did five years as a sales rep I did five years as a product spec and, and so on my career has gone through that way so there's obviously something in me that gets to a point that says I'm capable of doing that that role and I've almost assumed the role yeah. And because evolution, somebody's moved out, somebody's been promoted, that creates a so but take a little bit from everywhere you go in and keep being curious, keep asking why? What why do you why do you do it that way? What's what's behind that? And if if you've got that, then it will help you prepare you for the inevitable interview that comes at the end of that. Charlie, one other thing just before we sort of finish on the Babcock side of things, you've you've obviously done it exceptionally well. You've become managing director within one of the largest uh, companies in the world. What do you think was the 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 aspect that you would take from Babcock's? What was important? Um, that's a great question, sure. Um, there's so many things flooding into my mind just now. I mean, the interpersonal relationships, the was one of the, the skills I, I felt that really developed there because we dealt with such a broad range of people. You know, you would get the the guys coming in who had, were just sobering up from the weekends and real crusty characters <laughs> to some really, really bright guys that you think, my goodness, you could you could do really, really well, you know, and 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 all the the different environments we worked in, you know, from the welding development to the research to the the factory to the maintenance to production to construction so you you, you learned a lot of those uh you know how to immediately establish rapport with somebody gain their confidence work with them not be seen as a threat to them have a bit of crack be approachable uh shown empathy all, all those kind of interpersonal skills i think we had to develop or we wouldn't have survived um, but also, I think the, the broad range, the, the mixture of uh, the rotations. Remember, they used to rotate around yep. various areas and all that. So that gave you those glimpses into it. So it gave you that 
I get the glimpse into the drawing office and I thought, not for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to be a draftsman, you know, a couple of years previous. Yeah. So seeing those different experiences, trying them out and realising it's important to know what you like to do. But you know what's even more important? Know what you don't want to do, what you don't <laughs> like, you know. Uh, and also, and make mistakes, you know, yeah. make mistakes all the way. Do the stupid things, you know. Uh, um, Charlie, if you had your the life to live again and you were just starting out at 17, but you had the experience and the knowledge that you do throughout your career that you've had to date, would you do anything differently? Um, when I hear my friends and family talking about the university experience and, you know, living in a, a different city and my kids have done it and all this as well, um, I, I look at that with some envy and I think, that would have been nice. But then I very quickly come back to, you know, we had the University of Life in Babcocks. We we faced yeah. everything in there. Yeah. And I think, had I gone down that university's track, would I have been any less or more successful? And I, I don't think I would have been any more successful in my career than I would have been. Uh, and in fact, I think they're learning more. So I'm, I'm not dissing universities at all. I've, you know, I've had to pay tuition fees and everything for the kids. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, but it's it's not for everyone. And it's, uh, it, you know, make sure it is what, what you want. There are other avenues. Missing out and getting into university is not the end at all. It's not, and not getting the grades is not the end. There are so many opportunities. There's two guys on this call just now who've done very well who didn't go down that path. Mm-hmm. And there's many entrepreneurs, you know, Richard Branson, uh, Alan Sugar, etc. The thing, the common denominator is most of them never had any university education, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that, that's, that's an important thing to say. But Probably not, Stuart, to be honest. When I look back and when a guy can pick up the phone to me working me 40 years ago and we've already established rapport and having a laugh, that, that says a lot to me about, you know, we, we did all right, you know, and, and we're still doing all right. There's a lot still in front of us as well. Yeah. So, so Definitely. no, I don't, I don't think I would do. I could do without filing that piece of metal for the two weeks. <laughs> Maybe one week would do. But <laughs> Charlie McCaffrey. Thanks very much for joining us here. I was going to podcast. It's been a pleasure speaking to you after nearly 40 years, Charlie. Great. Lovely to speak to you too, Stuart. This is a great thing you're doing, so well done. Thanks very much for that, Charlie. Ronnie Smith, thanks very much for joining us here and I was going to podcast. It's a pleasure to meet you again this morning. It's a pleasure to meet you, Stuart. And I'm going to take you right back, Ronnie, to your 17, which was quite some time ago. Somebody well, told me it was 40 years. But do you I know what? I reckon, I 40 years. I reckon 17, I was at my peak. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been downhill since. <laughs> I'm at my peak, yeah. yeah. So, so um, really what I want to do, just very quickly, if I can take you back to the 17, you just left school. You were just about to join Babcocks as a technical apprentice. And what I wanted to find out, the first question really is about, was Babcock's your first choice decision? Did you get career advice at school that led you towards that apprenticeship route? Yeah, so I had a long, hard think about this one. And you are influenced by people around you, especially your parents. And my father was an engineer, green engineer. And uh, yeah, and even going back to when I was a young lad playing mechanical sets and doing all sorts of stuff like that, 
and uh, technical drawing at school, woodwork, whatever it might have been, I, I knew I had a natural talent to be an engineer and I really enjoyed it. Mm. I wanted to be an engineer. And I think that's a key here, Stuart. Yeah. I yeah. really wanted to be an engineer. Now, what aspect of engineering, I wasn't quite sure at that point. Um, but I, career advice at school, was a bit sketchy, come to think of it. But I, I was, academically, I did pretty well. Uh, all levels and high, eight, eight levels and so many higher, whatever it was. I could have gone down the path of university. That was a choice that I could have taken at Strathclyde Uni. Um, I was very close to that. At the same time, I was offered a job at Barcott. Mm-hmm. I ran it past my parents, as you would do. Yeah. Uh, I came to the conclusion that, you know what, Ronnie, it's a great opportunity. And oh, Ronald, by the way, it's my home. <laughs> That's my Sunday name, right? So, um, yeah, the opportunity to earn money, get a good career behind you. So, that was a decision made, Stuart, and that was it. So it was a sliding doors moment, it was a sliding doors moment, yeah. And I actually think I'm glad I did it now. Yeah, so, so sorry, Ronald. Ronald so, yeah. Yeah, going back to the, the, your first day in the training workshops, what was your first thoughts of entering the doors at Babcock, entering the gates at well, Babcock? Funny you say that because it was a huge transition from your school. Moving from school to an environment like that must be scary for anyone, and it was for me. But thankfully, I had a summer job before that happened um, in a plant hire company in Glasgow. And it was a bit rough and ready, so it kind of bedded me in. I, 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 you know, they were paying me on a weekly basis, so I was used to getting a salary and stuff. Yeah. So that kind of bedded me in before I actually walked through the doors of Babcock. So, um, but I do remember uh, it's still been a scary moment. I, believe it or not, Stuart, I was actually quite a, a shy seventeen-year-old. Yeah, I never noticed that, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was quite shy and quite nervous um, at that point. And maybe I hide it well, I don't know. Um, but yeah, my first impressions were, wow, the scale of the site itself, Babcock's, was enormous to me. I, I wasn't used to it. I walked through the door and there's all these lathes and vertical drills and three-phase this and three-phase that. Wow, what's, you know, what is this, you know? And it was the enormity of it. Uh, it was like, Wow. But I do remember they did make you feel very welcome very quickly. And I think because you're with guys, your, your peers were the same age as you, you've got the same interests and you, you, you soon get chatting and, you know, you sort of feel comfortable after a short time, you know. But there's three things, Stuart, that uh, are very vivid in my first few days at Babcocks. Yeah. And they were very hot in three things. And one of them was timing. And I think we started at eight o'clock, yeah? And you had to clock in and clock out. First time I experienced this, never be late, right? Never be late. If you're late, you're going to dock your wages, right? Yeah. Of course, that got my attention. Dock my wages, what's that? (laughs) So since then, um, it did instill discipline in you. I was never late for anything. I I don't think I'm late for anything ever. And if I'm going to be late, I will give whoever I'm meeting the courtesy of a phone call to say that I'm going to be late. So... It does instill some kind of discipline in from that from that point of view. Yeah. 
thing was health and safety. They were really big on that. I don't know if you remember, Stuart. Yeah. We were working with machinery, lace, vertical drills, et cetera, et cetera. And as I mentioned, three-phase electricity. Safety, health and safety, they really honed in on that big time. Yeah. So I was kind of stuck in my mind. And the last one was quality. And I think we spoke about this earlier. Um, the first thing we had to do was file a piece of metal flat and square. Now, it sounds a simple thing to do, but it's not. We're given a piece of metal, put it in the vise, flat and square. Uh, you know, it had to be certain measurements. You, you, when I thought it was it was bang on, I took it to, and I think his name is Tommy Dunlop, Tom Dunlop. I think that's that, right. Yeah, that's right. Name from the past. And they would check it. And I think you mentioned it was a walk of shame. So you check it and they put the set square up to it and you can get a double decker bus through it. <laughs> and uh, he said, that's not good enough. Would you accept that? And of course, the answer is no, of course I wouldn't. Right. So you go back to the walk of shame, you go back to the vice and you start again. Oh. Three and a half days later. <laughs> <laughs> so I think after. And Third time of rejection, my head was down, Stuart. Yeah. Remember Tom saying to me, don't bring that back unless it's right. Because if it's no right, it's wrong. Yeah. And that stuck with me. It did stick with me. I know it seemed a very small, mundane thing that we were doing there, but it did stick with me. And it kind of, it's a good foundation for moving forward that, you know, you need to get it right. You need to get it right. It, you know, it's a job is... It's just okay, isn't good enough, I'm afraid. It, it, it's a strange one because, you know, we were given such a broad grounding, right? Uh, you know, electrical, fitting, plating, welding, the full spectrum of engineering. I mean, it was an absolutely fabulous foundation. Through different departments. So you would have experience in the maintenance department, you would have experience down in the research, and that's where you really got Good grounding as to what you liked. And as, as Charlie mentioned yesterday, one of his uh, stop-offs was in the drafting offices and he immediately wanted to do drafting. But as soon as he had the experience, he said it just wasn't for him. And yeah. I think, just as you say, that that flavour, that experience that you got gave you the opportunity to be able to say, that's what I really want to do. And that 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 means, you know, the training that we managed to get at, yeah. at Babcock's on those days was tremendous for us. I think I think that's the key there, Stuart. I think uh, you're wanting to do it is massive. It's massive, you know, for any youngsters that may well be listening to this in the future. Right. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, the training, again, I keep reiterating, it's, it's incredible, the other aspect that... Uh, been within sales, uh, the amount of time that I knock on engineering doors, and it's often a Babcock's person that you bump into. So they're, they're all around the world out there, the people yeah, sure. that managed yeah. to go through the experience. But, uh, you're talking about what, I mean, it gave me an absolutely fantastic uh, springboard for moving forward. And Ronnie, you touched on it right at the very beginning. What, what uh, is it you're doing just now? So, well, let me just give you my kind of timeline briefly. So, yeah. for Xerox for 10 years in a technical role. And towards the end of my career there, I, I was, it was there for 10 years. I was in a technical sales role. Yeah. And I liked sales. I got a real buzz out of it. Um, 
And I was really uh, working really closely with a printing company in Kilmarnock, of all places. Right. They, they offered me a really nice offer, actually, to join them. And I thought, well, you know what? Why not? And I did it. And I never thought I would be in, print, in the printing game. And I was in the printing game there for 10 years, a successful salesman, uh, turning over a million pounds uh, personally um, in my last year. So uh, it was time to leave there also because that was just at the time of the financial crash. And there becomes the opportunity I was talking about earlier, Stuart. Opportunities come from adversity sometimes. Yeah. And, um, one of my clients said to me, because printing companies, quite, quite a few printing companies at that time were going under. It was a bad, I had time, the, the financial crash for, for everyone. Um, one of my clients was a bit nervous about it because they, some of the products required what three months lead time. Um, so basically they said, look Ronnie, could you look after this? Could you ensure that we receive product regardless of what, what goes on out there, regardless of which printing company goes under, because the comp company I was working for was on the brink. Yep. Thankfully, it didn't. Well, it did five years later, but anyway. Um, so that's what I did. It was an opportunity. I grasped it and started one company. Throughout your career and your life, what's been the best piece of advice that you've been given? And what piece of advice would you pass on to the next generation? I'll never forget when I first into the sales arena, and it's a, it's a different direct selling, it's a different ball game, especially in new business. And I'll never forget my sales director saying to me, Ronnie, be yourself. Don't try and be anyone else. Don't try and be something that you're not, because the customers will see right through it. And he was right. Be yourself. Yeah. Great advice, Ronnie. Ronnie Smith. Thanks very much for joining us here and I was going to podcast. It's been a pleasure speaking to you this morning. It was a pleasure speaking to you, Stuart. Can I just finally say that uh, if there's any advice I would, I would give anyone out there, and I gave my own kids this advice when they started their university course, is that do something that you want to do, something that you'll find pleasure in, uh, not something that you need to do. So that would be my kind of advice there. So. Uh, Thanks for listening to the I Was Going to Charity podcast. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode and this week's guest. I hope you don't mind me asking, but the podcast is part of the I Was Going to Charity and we're always looking for donations to support the musical experiences and presentations which we provide. Every pound donated helps us to try and inspire and motivate the next generation. If you can spare a moment, we'd really appreciate if you could go to our Just Giving website at www.justgiving.com forward slash I was going to. Thanks for your donation and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Willie Robertson, thanks very much for joining us here and I was going to podcast. It's a pleasure to be back having a chat with yourself. Absolutely, Willie. 40 years, it just seems to have flown past. Uh, I'd like to hear a wee bit more about yourself. And I want to really take you right back when we were 17 yeah. uh, and and just leaving school. I just wondered, prior to joining Babcocks, I wanted to find out whether 
whilst you were at school, whether you had career advice, whether you had it in your mind that you wanted to be an engineer and you wanted to join Babcocks and that was a defined thing from your own perspective, or whether, as I said, the school gave you career advice to point in that direction? Well, I would say that if the school gave me advice, I can't remember any of it, if that's, <laughs> if that's any consolation. Um, I joined Babcocks. I went for an interview with Babcocks as a draftsman and then was called to a second interview to be told that we're not doing the drafting but anymore you're now becoming a multidiscipline engineer so i was interviewed a second time which i was a bit kind of anxious about you know you, you know two interviews all this type of thing but that goes away you know even that whole drafting bit goes back to you know taking old drawings of models that my father did for ships and tracing over them and all this yeah. so i always wanted i was one of these people that was probably quite fortunate in life that wanted to do a drawing stroke drafting even though i didn't know it was drafting from from a very young age and here i am now at 57 now in the digital engineering world which is still in, in old money drafting you know so um yeah, Willie, can I interrupt you there? There must have been something in the water because interviewing Charlie McCaffrey, who I know that you 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 went to school with, was there a a, a specific uh, teacher there that had a high ability to be able to teach drafting? Because he talked so passionately about drafting being what he wanted to do when he left school, yeah. and he really he knew when he was there. He loved doing it, so I just wonder whether it was a teacher that brought that out. And yeah, there was there was a teacher. Um, oh God, the name name sort of slips my mind. Probably a, if I have a chat with Charlie, we'll soon remember him again. But um, there was a Mister Collins, if I can remember. It was 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 a name that you know, and there was a Mister Garrigan. You know, there was a couple of them that that you know that that were very good at, um, and there were there were characters. You know, not yeah. just not just the teaching. It was the characters as well. You know, and and you know, how that kind of, um, they influenced, you know, in a lot of ways what you were going to do, you know, and, and, you know, in the case of Charlie, you know, we used to, one of the things, as many things in my mind stick in my head, and one of the things with Charlie, and I'll have to have a chat with about it, we used to have the old drawing boards of the, with the wires at the back of the drawing boards, and yeah. Charlie was one of the few people in life who could play a, play music out the back <laughs> of a drawing and that was because you tension the wires and and one finger and, and and strum it with the other, you know, and, uh, and and you know. So so it was one of the things. And I remember in the class we used to sit and Charlie would be, if you want to call it, playing his drawing board at the back of the class, tunes out of it. And, so these are all the things that that um, you know that were character building for for me as well as you know memories, you know. So so. From a perspective of joining Babcocks, what was your, your thought process there? Was it engineering that you wanted to do? Definitely. Pure engineering, you know, and yeah. at that time we're talking late 90s, well, early 80s, you know, we still had the sort of remnants of some of the shipyards, like, you know, well, if some of them still about, my daughter now works for one of them, but um, that, the, the, you know, you had places like Kincaid's down in Greenock and, and, and Scotland goes, and these were the kind of places that, that people who were interested in, in, in getting into that field would, and Babcock being one of them as well, you know, so Babcock's was one, went for an interview, and it wasn't a test, there was no test required, it was an interview, the, the, you came across in whatever way you came across, and it was, uh, you, you started from there. And then you moved into Babcock's. 
from walking out of the gates at school to walking through the gates of Babcocks. How did you feel? Walking through the gates, it was quite, quite um, kind of, um, I can remember being, it was overwhelming, let's put it like that. You know, you're going into this, you know, you, you don't think to yourself, oh, I'm going into somewhere that's a lot of history. You, you think of that, even though in times, as times moved on, you think back and you think, I was walking into history, but but you know that that um, it was all over quite overwhelming that, that all these people that coming and going and all the different you know trades. But then going into the training school and you walk in and going into the room at the top of the training school, and you know I think my first reaction was, oh God, Charlie's here as well, you know, and you know and, yeah, you go in and you sit down and you go, you know, over over. I don't, am I going to last the end of the day? Never mind <laughs> doing this. But you know, in 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 hindsight now, and and even to the point where before we left the training school, it was a lot, a lot of enjoyment. And you know, it was it was definitely a great. I couldn't even tell you how good a move it was now. And when you think back, and many, many, many times, I think back on the different parts of the the training, different parts of the education. You know, it wasn't your fancy you know, degrees and masters and things like that. It was, you know, it was good old fashioned HNCs, but but still the 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 training we got at that time and and the fortunate training of being able to go into root care and cover everything from, you know, building a CNC drilling machine to building the electronics that drove it to design, you know, the, the you know Honest to God, I can't even think if there's any courses out there would have done what we did back then. But but you alluded to it before. I I, I took you back there, Willie. The 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 variety of training that we got. Uh, you and I had cars. We were lucky enough to have bought uh, old cars at that time, and I do remember having a mini, one of my well, it was my very first car, and the sills were always rusty in a mini, so you had to take them off and braze them back on. I was ever so lucky that we get training, brazing training, we get welding training, we get all sorts of training from the fabrication shop through to the electronics that you talked about. Uh, uh, both Charlie and Ronnie talked about the the early uh, computers that we had, and you know th- th- they must have had no more than. 25k, 200k memory in them, but these were top of the range computers that we had on. And as you then said about how it all tied up with the Reed Care College, and they, you know, being multidisciplined, being able to do electrical work, being able to think about the mechanics behind it, it was it was an incredible vision. It that was, John Walker had. Whoever came up with that course, you know. Definitely was a visionary, you know, and 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 you know, and I remember vaguely, you know, a number of years later or a year or two later, them saying, "No, they're going to discontinue that because of the cost." Honest to God, I don't think money couldn't buy that 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 all round knowledge. You know, that money couldn't buy it. So we we were then moved to get a taster of a number of different departments within Babcock's as part of the training. Where did you uh, move to? Did you get a number of different uh, uh, department changes? I, I really didn't get too many. We, we we went from I went from the training school. I think you went into the the the, the um, e block and, and the, 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 the time, and we went, I went to the drawn office, which 
when I went to the drawing office in the old the old building lasted for about two months before they realised the building was sinking. <laughs> we got decanted into the canteen for a number of years and then they built the new the new office um, and we moved into that office, which was great, you know, and it was a brand new office and and uh, and then I worked in that office for um, a number of years and a number of jobs before um, moving into a small um, <clears throat> business stream that was that was doing all the pipe work, all the high integrity pipe work for Sizewell. Right. And I worked on that. Um, there was about six of us, and the the team grew to about forty two. And at the time, you know, it was again great, 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 great experience. And then. Um, that came to an end and then I left um, for a number of reasons in 95 and um, and moved to really where I currently am now, you know, and I've been with, I was 14 years with Babcocks and 25 years with Langerook and oh. and in that time, you know, I, I came into what was Crown House, which is a mechanical and electrical division of Langerook, um, coming from Babcocks, which was ahead of its game ahead of its you know just ahead on technology with CAD and things like this to walk into a company outside that environment where you know you go for an interview and and and, and say can you use CAD and you, and you would and I would say well yeah what kind of technology what, what packages uh, don't worry about that can you use CAD <laughs> I'm saying, well, yeah. so I, I did start to be told um and thinking to myself, I was coming into a, a drawing office, sort of CAD office environment, to be to be basically given a, a a box with a plotter in it, a box with a computer, and a box with software, and said, "Well, let's get going." So, basically, over the last twenty five years, I've built the <clears throat> the sort of design and CAD side of the business from nothing to what it is now, which is using three D technology for site site installations and and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. Well, what is your position now, uh, Willie? I, I, now, I now lead the the business. Um, I now lead the um, one of um, two um, divisions of um, the business which look after digital engineering. I look after the northern division, which is Manchester and up. Um, I did look after the whole lot, but it was just getting too much for me. It grew too much, so we brought somebody in in the south, and um, I report into. Um, basically the our engineering director of the business so um, it, it just got too much doing London. i've been i've done the london bit i've worked on projects like the 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 way back on the the dome as it was at that yeah. time and you know and then t5 and various then i've been out in canada working and hospital out there and in dubai and the um hospital out in dubai but um but i'm quite happy to be working from home now with the pandemic <laughs> And 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 would you directly relate your success of not only being able to do what you're currently doing? You've you've said that you developed the drawing facility within Langerurk to yeah. where it's at just now, and your international travel. Do you think that was directly related to the training that you achieved and you you, you had in Babcocks? Not just the training, but the the kind of. Um, it's not just the chain. It was. It was just the whole. The whole thing. But you. You can do. You can do all these things. You know. What don't you can turn your hand. Multidiscipline. That. You know. I've always got this thing. Was. You know. Don't. There's nothing you can't do. You know. I'm not saying jack of all trades and master of none. But you know. You're brought up with that mentality of. 
e-cover. You know, it's not just focusing just on being a turner, just being a draftsman, whatever you used. You had a, a full sweep, and that is exactly what 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 I kind of bring and and you know instill in the teams that I've built myself since. You know, I've built I've built various office drawing offices. I'm saying drawing offices, but CAD offices, designer. I've done it over the years. You know, bringing through youngsters, bringing through youngsters that have come off the tools, bringing through youngsters that have come out of college you know and, and i've done it numerous times you know um, and they've come and gone left for their own reasons and they've started again a bit like an alec ferguson type philosophy you know i was yeah. thinking that you know so so um and yeah uh, it definitely goes back to that sort of initial training and that initial way way we went to work yeah. and do you think there was a specific culture within babcocks a, a, a friendship culture of do you think that came across what I think cohered our specific group was something different. I know that uh, when we when we started, there was a bit of a fracas outside yep. the Reed College, which led to two boys being uh, sacked. Uh, and I think that certainly had a, a, a gelling factor. But I think there's more to uh, the, 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 the factory, the plant at Babcocks and Renfrew. Do, do, do you agree with that, Billy? Yeah, yeah. I would say that there's there's a number of things. There's the there's the thing of I think we were a team who had um, we weren't all the same. We weren't all experts at one thing. We weren't all of the same, if you what you call it, academic and and expertise. It was a variety, you know, and there was always that kind of bounce off each other and different bits and pieces. And also there there was that history with, with Babcocks as well. You know, and, and I would say that, that we were a, a team within a big in, a big a big organization and a quite a, a tight team. You know, and I think probably Babcocks, if they'd had their way and the people who'd set up the course would have probably streamlined us further on up the tree if we hadn't all dispersed around the country and around the world. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the part of the whole thing was these this was them to sort of gearing in a team that was going to be a team that would basically run the business as it went forward. It was just unfortunate, again, for a number of reasons that it went the way it went. But I, I recall, again, I'm going to say Johnny Walker, the training manager at that point, he, in one of his first chats with us, he actually alluded to that. He said that this course has been put on specifically to see that you guys will be the next generation of mid to senior management within Babcocks. So that, that was the vision. And it was it was absolutely bang on. It really was. And despite the fact, as you say, others have, have, have moved, I think, uh, all bar one um, have, have moved out of Babcocks now. But the one that still retains is now quality director Neil yeah. Harper. So I think that speaks volumes the fact that of what you've just said and what the what the vision was in those days. So it's been a fascinating journey. If you had your time again and you were back at seventeen, Willie, and you had the experience and the knowledge that you've now gained, would you do the same again, or what yes. would you tell yourself? I would do the same again. Hundred percent. I would do the same again. Uh, I would do the same again, and I would, I would, I would have probably developed some of the bits and pieces that I learned more. I think there was the opportunity there to do more than, in some cases, than I've actually done. But I'm quite happy that what I've done, and I've got no regrets in what I've done, and I've no regrets in what what your arm sort of idea. Um, um, but um, if I was seventeen again, I would, I would hope to have had that same opportunity. 
Willie Robertson, thanks very much for joining us here on the uh, I Was Going to Podcast. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you again after such a long period of time. Well, thanks a lot, Stuart, and thanks for inviting me along.